Hi everyone, welcome to We Should Play. This is a show where we get together and break down our different experiences with the same game. Today we're continuing our discussion of A Plague Tale, which seems to just get darker and darker as we go. Yes, like a terrible plague, it continues to evolve in its sadness and in its complexity. I am very excited about this. And there seems to be a storm a-brewing and it's not dark clouds. It might be something else. No sharks, but potentially rats. So, where will I find the university? Like we discussed in the previous episodes, we are trying to find a cure for Hugo, who has prima macula, a mysterious curse that runs through bloodlines of certain families. So this begins chapter nine in the Shadows of the Ramparts, where Amicia makes her way to the university to find the book that might save Hugo. This chapter involves stealthing through a city with many dead and sick villagers while avoiding rats and the Inquisition. Here we learn that the Inquisition is actually seeking a special mineral called Episinguis. It's very fancy. One spicy meatball to rule them all. So what do you guys think of this chapter? It was an interesting solo adventure for Amicia. I mean, of course, she starts off with Millie, like they talk and she Millie kind of hypes Amicia up to say, like, you got this. Like, I'm off to find my brother. Like, don't worry. And this is also like, I assume she's trusting her to go by herself. It's also kind of relieving not to worry about, like, Hugo, even though he's a good soul in this chapter. Okay. It's good to not worry about him and just kind of keep focus on going to the university. Yeah, I hate having to worry about other people. Uh, it's specifically Hugo. <laughs> Hugo has no other abilities, like, but other people do. Like, Medley's great at picking logs, and Lucas is clever and stuff like that. But Hugo... God love him. I mean, he's just dead weight. You make a good point. We haven't been alone for a while. And this this was kind of nice. Like, just going off without having to worry about making sure everybody else is safe. Because if you get anybody in your party killed, you're done. Like, that's the game Which over Which is screen. unfair, I feel. Because, like, I'm pulling my <laughs> weight. How is it my fault when someone else messes up? Magister. The Episanguis. It's interesting to see how they're laying out each of these guards now there's also like later on we'll get to it um the section where you have to knock knock down the rats in the crates as well like really trying to find that balance of all right distract this guy you got a few seconds let's go this way i'll hide around this corner then throw a pot it seems as if they're really pushing you to go faster and not really kind of plan things out you, you may think that. I think they're straight up pushing you towards murder because I didn't deal with those problems because I chose murder. I made a decision. And honestly, no. I, I continue to I sneak like these dialogue tidbits of Anisia kind of losing her soul over this. Specifically, like when she was traveling with Lucas once, Lucas was straight up judging her decisions and like, Anisia, you didn't have to do that. It's like, there's no way. I'm going full like Joker with this one. For Hugo, that that was her excuse. It's all for Hugo, so that's all so goes true. back to him. Every time you kill somebody or you get to like a section where you have to make this moral decision, she's like, for Hugo, I'm doing this for Hugo. Like every single time, which is great because she's an amazing big sister, but um, I think she's using that as an excuse now. Yeah, it's a bit of a crutch, I think, because like yeah. you can also think of another idea for Hugo, though. Oh, this is a nightmare. Come on, be brave. I do think it's important to mention that we do find out in this chapter, like, the cages. What's up with the cages? Like, mm. the Inquisition is releasing rats. What's up with that? 
controlled chaos. That's all it is. Controlled chaos. That's also a point to be brought up. The Magister said um, they were working on the potion, which is the odorous later on, and he said it led to some regrettable accidents, and that was the quote he exactly said. Does this tie into Hugo later on? Is he kind of like a weird experiment? Was he that regrettable accident? I don't know. So the Magister, which I love because... He's, like, out there, like, mixing all that episanguis, and the guard's like, what do we doing this for? And then he, like, this stuff is so rare and precious, and then con- continues to, like, immediately just throw a bottle at nothing. We got resources. <laughs> Don't worry. It's like, but you just said it's so rare and precious, and you just wasted a bottle for no reason whatsoever. Ultimate plague flex right there. <laughs> yeah. He's coming. I think the hardest part, at least for me, on this chapter was getting into the university. There's this section where all of these guards are like walking around and patrolling and I couldn't get through. I died so many times. I don't know if you guys struggled with it, but I thought it was the hardest thing we've encountered so Wait, far. Wait, are you talking about that area where the rats are like in the floating cages? And then yes. that's, oh. by the way, yes. when you, so you all dropped the cage, right? I mean, that's yeah. so natural. Oh, yeah. Okay, so basically, there's this, like, square where they have these floating cages. I guess we all hit the cages, made them all fall down, kill- the the rat cages break open, all the rats swarm the guards in the center, none of the guards in the perimeter turn around. No, they don't. They don't- There's one guy, like, right there. He's, like, right on the top of the stairs. There's- the dying guards are screaming for help. Nobody turns around. (laughs) They're like, no, no, not this way. I don't want to go like this. And that one guard is just sitting there like, "Mm, I don't hear anything. Within his helmet, he's like rationalizing. He's like, if I turn around, I'm going to have to help. But if (laughs) I don't hear him, Mm -hmm. then I don't get paid enough for this. Do you think he's just like sweating in there? Like, it's probably that little girl who's been killing everybody. Maybe if I don't turn around, she won't come after me. But I did. I did come after him. So. Maybe the helmet is so thick they can't even hear. Then I'm feeling like they shouldn't be wearing the helmets because clearly we're really, we're really giving them a lot of credit just because they're wearing these helmets. Yeah. Because anytime you see somebody with a helmet, like Amicia will make a comment on it like, oh, they've got a helmet or that's like really heavy armor. It's going to be impossible. Can, they can't see you or hear you. Why wouldn't they? And I'm just, I'm just saying like... Just in general, why wouldn't the knights have like kind of almost like a grid-like pattern on the ears? So there's like little openings. So Some they, mesh. Yeah, so they can yeah. hear. Like, why was that not a thing? And I'm just saying, because this it goes beyond the game. Like, in, why didn't medieval history, why didn't they actually have that? I feel like that's a no-brainer. The path is strewn with roses. Roses. Wherever will I find roses here? In chapter 10, The Way of Roses, Amicia continues through the university in search of the book. We learn that the Inquisition is also searching for this book as well and have torn apart the library in search of it. We get a lot of story as we encounter new characters while also searching for the book, including the sickly Grand Inquisitor who is responsible for the manhunt on Hugo. And this chapter mainly involves just avoiding guards and eventually coming across this hidden chamber beneath the library where the book is held. Lucas's hint was to follow the roses, and there are these banners with flowers on them, so Amicia knows like exactly the path she needs to take, which I actually want to bring up because there's no like objective markers in this game, but I did feel very comforted by the fact that the banners led the way, and I felt like I always knew where I was going. That's that, all those hallways. 
it was so confusing all those hallways like you could have gone any which direction also too when you first get into like this like i guess it's like one of the big corridors you have to like move a crate hop up and then go upstairs i didn't know that i thought the door opened but apparently not you had to move the crate also I chose to kill guards now because at this point I was just circling in this room. I was like, how how much longer could I stealth without getting caught? Still no news. Of our young Hugo de Rune. We are in this library looking for this book and our only descriptor for the book is that it has a red cover and I, that's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. It's like, eh, it's somewhere. It's red. It's a red But there's book. like 40 other red books. <laughs> yeah. But whenever you get to that room, I mean, it's it's blatant. Like, they made it blatant. This is the book. Like, look at it. It's on this little pedestal. I could be wrong, but I thought there was like a beam of light, like, upon it, like, majestic-like. Before we even get to that room, are we going to talk about Emperor Palpatine, like, officially being in this game? Oh, that yeah. crusty old man. Oh, Oh my like, gosh. they're really going for it. They're really going for Emperor yeah. Palpatine. Yeah. They they kind of open up the scene with them doing a blood transfusion on him, too. It is the most <laughs> backwards thing I've ever seen with these thick-ass needles. Like, sucking <laughs> the blood from some dying guy and just straight up pumping it in. God knows how many air bubbles are in that syringe. Ew, I didn't even think about that. Yeah, like, <laughs> you see what they're doing? Like, this is a blood transfusion? This looks ridiculous. This guy should be dead from the it's blood transfusion. It's probably unsanitary. Yeah, it's probably the same needle. They probably just wipe it on their shirt or something. He just gets carried away on this little, his little throne by all yeah. his little minions. Yep. I don't know what he's thinking. I don't know what he's thinking either. Like, so, so this is the guy who's basically making everybody hunt on Hugo and get the book, mm -hmm. and he says he wants to save the world. I don't know. I feel like some villains are just like, I'm doing this for the greater good. And it's it's not. <laughs> but <laughs> I do like genuinely think that maybe he thinks he is going to save the world with Hugo's blood. Sacrifice one four-year-old for the world. But I mean. What does that mean, though? What does it mean, save the world? Like, get rid of the rats? In which case, maybe mm. we do a little trade here. Maybe... Maybe we give up Hugo? I was saying that at the start of this, but I don't know. I don't trust him. I well, grant you, you're not supposed to. But, like, the blood transfusion, all that, like, he's probably just looking out for himself, looking for a cure himself at this point. But, yeah. again, you brought up, like, he's trying to save the world. But if he looks outside, there's, like, fire everywhere. There's also people dead in the streets. I mean... The imagery alone in this chapter of, like, people dying in the river. This guy, like, died and then, or was going to die, and he figured, ah, I need some water. And he drank out of, like, this of really disgusting... Yeah, oh, my gosh. It's like, yeah, that's really saving the world here. The only thing that can help us find the book is the son of a smith. So while we're in the university, we do meet a new friend. Oh, yes. Who I'm very excited to talk about. Roderick. The best. Love Roderick. Roderick is the son of the blacksmith who built this massive door that is blocking all the Inquisition from getting into the secret chamber where the book is being stored. The book, which, by the way, is just a red book. No other descriptor. <laughs> I'm sorry, I can't get over that. Because when you get the book, there is actually a lot of detail to the book. You could have described the book a thousand different ways. Roderick is a prisoner in this section. 
Because we don't even know Roderick's name. It just says, like, follow prisoner. So you basically have to, like, sneak behind these, this massive guard. And I think this might be the most satisfying part of the chapter, was dropping the chandelier on this, like, heavy armored guard. I seen that chandelier and I knew. I was like, you're done, buddy. There ain't no way you're making it out. But did you guys I try to e- engage with him beforehand? Before yeah, you saw I the chandelier? Uh, you did? I no. did. I did not see the chandelier when I first came in. I was like, okay, I'm going to try to like melt your helmet. I'm going to like come behind you. It's going to be like a whole thing. Um, I died multiple times before I looked up and saw that there was a chandelier to drop. I chickened out. I'm like, you're too damn big. We can't be doing this. Look at me compared to you. There has to be something we got to drop on your head, please. Like, I've seen enough cartoons. I know what we're doing here. The thing is, like, he's walking side by side with another guard who has, like, crappier armor. (laughs) And it's funny because they are on the same patrol. And yet one guard is just totally in this, like, dripped out, sweet ass armor. (laughs) It's got, it's extra shiny. He's massive. It's like, I don't know. There is something I want to talk about. As much as I love Roderick. Oh. So bloodthirsty. I know. Oh. His, because, you know, we had, like, Melly, who could, like, pick locks. Uh, Lucas, who's, like, great at alchemy and, like, making uh, medicine. And now we've got Roderick, who just straight up murders people. <laughs> My man. <laughs> you gotta distract them first, and then he'll go in and do it a little assassination. But... So far in, like, the annals of, like, people we've had on our journey, he's kind of up there. He's, he might be number one for me. I think he's number one for me, too. Like, he's getting most rid helpful. of a guard, an entire guard, that's so helpful because you keep encountering these guys in, like, twos or threes. It's great. You just, like, distract a guard or you, like, get behind them and then you just say, that one's for you. Get him. Go for it. <laughs> And he just straight up, like, attacks them from behind. It's very satisfying to watch. He'll say something like, I think I'm starting to like this. (laughs) I was like, should we really be here with you? Doesn't make any sense that this guy can take down a guard, though, I have to say. Yeah, I have no idea. Because he just jumps behind people and, like, chokeholds them and, like, drags them down. I'm like, how are you doing that? How can they be choked if they have the helmet? They have the so helmet. furthering our point of what's the purpose of the helmet. <laughs> I don't know. It's not even heel. protecting their necks. I like how this chapter ends where you basically run through the burning library. Oh, yeah. Because all of the guards are like, no, don't chase after them. It's on fire. Like, we don't care. So you basically just run right through without getting attacked. And uh, that's very satisfying. Although sad, because there is a point when you get out of the library or the university and Amicia turns around and she looks so devastated that all of those books just burned. Yeah, that is true. I mean, like, if we're trying to set our mind to the time and the age, these were all handwritten books. This is probably, like, Mm -hmm. all their history. This is mankind's history burning Mm -hmm. down. It's like the Library of Alexandria just burning down in front of us. And she caused it, so... Instead of, like, shoot first, ask questions later, do you think moving forward she's going to kind of be like, yeah, I seen what I can do, like, my full scale of what I can cause in this world. Do you think moving forward she's going to be like, ah, you know, maybe let's not do that. 
Yeah, maybe that reins her in a little bit, like, seeing the destruction that actually happened based off of something she did. Because up till this point, it was first, like, I don't want to kill anyone. Now I'm on, a, like, a murder rampage. And now, like, oh, crap, like, I just burnt down the library. So maybe she pulls it back in a little bit. That's true, because in the... Be- yeah, it's exactly like you say. In the beginning, she has this um, self-image that she's small and weak and stuff like that. And now she's really stepping into her own. Mm-hmm. But now it's, like... Okay, maybe yeah, rein it in. I, I I think I'm 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 like as bad as them basically because they also mm-hmm. tore down the library. I mean, they're the ones who started this whole thing. So you succeeded? Here, have to warn you, smells a bit burnt. We get another breather in this chapter here in chapter 11, Alive. Amicia and Roderick make it back to the castle, and we get to spend some time with Hugo, Millie, and Arthur as they continue to try to find things out and help Hugo. Although this is a shorter chapter, we also learn that Amicia and Hugo's mother, Beatrice, is still alive. I was shocked. I was shocked too. I thought this was like a really great plot twist. I hope we get to save her. Oh, she's being tortured though. That's okay. I know. She is alive, but let's remember the context. The reason that we found out she's alive is because Arthur, who was imprisoned by the Inquisition, mm-hmm. says like, hey, I'm pretty sure I saw your mom there. She was being tortured heavily. Um, but she was not giving up information. So she's going to be... I'm, I'm guessing she's not going to look the same when she comes back. Like mentally too, as far as like priorities go. You know, a mother does anything to protect her children. What definition does that have moving forward as well? Mm-hmm. You know, does giving up some secrets or some... Uh, like Hugo in general maybe... Does that play into this as well? Like a mother's intuition here is going to be very, very much in play. I cannot see her giving up information or anything. After all she went through with Hugo yeah. and Amicia, I, that woman is not giving up anything. She's tough. Like, I feel like she's going to mm. stick it out. And I just really hope that Hugo and Amicia get to her fast enough. But I don't know. The way this game goes, I, I can't trust anything. I feel like they're going to dangle that in front of us. Like, there's some hope. And then they're going to snatch it away really fast and, like, kill her right in front of us again. Who has she also come in contact with? Did she come in contact with the Grand uh, Inquisitor? Like, maybe there was a dialogue there. Mm-hmm. He did mention at some point when we were in the library, going back to that real quick, He's been pulling strings this whole time, or he's been watching the family close. I don't know. What what tie-ins do we have here moving forward going on to see the ending, apparently? That is such a good point. He said, like, I basically watched you grow up. Mm-hmm. Such a creep. Yeah. But oh, he's so creepy and crusty. He's a very crusty man. Um, I feel like, what if he, you know, poisoned the well? What if he got involved? He's the reason, like, this thing's going haywire. He made Hugo get sick or something. I don't know. I feel like he wasn't just watching all that time. I think he got involved. He's Hugo's okay. real father. Oh, my God. No. Nina, no. I love this bomb. Yep. <laughs> there it is. That'd be, that would That's change the whole game. <laughs> so gross. Well, in order to defend yourself from old, crusty Grand Inquisitors, I think it's time to take a break, and let's have a mechanic minute here. You know, Amicia wields this sling like none other. She's very skilled. She has all these tools to help her progress. But in our playthrough, at least in general, what was the most important slash useful 
tool, at least to you guys. Well, where were you standing with this? I really liked the odorous in this section. We finally get introduced to it, and it attracts the rats. And I've just been throwing it at guards willy-nilly, and it just basically brings all of the rats in, kills the guard, and distracts the rats. I think that's probably the best thing that we have equipped right now. That is such a great combo, sending the rats... Because you're dealing with two problems at once. You're getting rid of the rats that are blocking the path, you're feeding them, and you're killing a guard. So, good Mm -hmm. combo. I My favorite go-to combo that I totally love is I just ping their little helmets with that thing that makes them take off their helmets, little stink bomb. Mm -hmm. They take off their helmets. Boom. I got a rock ready. Launch it. I just, like, nonstop use that combo for everything. And I'm so good at it, just switching in between and just... The thing is, the rocks are everywhere, too. So, it's easy to... Mm-hmm. Easy to not lose all your rocks. Uh, the The formula for that uh, potion is is pretty basic, so that's my my go to. For me, at least, I'm gonna have to go with the odorous, like two birds. Or was it two birds, one stone? Yeah, something like mm-hmm. that. And I don't know, like moving forward and also looking back, it, the pots I barely use now. That's just a foregone conclusion. The stuff to put the guards to sleep. I haven't used it since they introduced it. Mm -hmm. So it's really just down to the odorous and then just using straight up rocks to make sounds at this point. So rocks and odorous for me moving forward. It's just, it just seems like a better combo. Hold up. You guys aren't using that sleeping potion. No, I used one this entire episode. Yeah. I used like one per level at least. There, wow. it's so good because I'm always starting crap with people and then they come after me and then it's like only dreams now. <laughs> <laughs> and whose fault is that though? Okay, well, it's for Hugo though. Mm. <laughs> oh no, Hugo, Hugo. Ah! So by chapter 12, Hugo is getting more sick and in order to help him, Lucas needs a better lab. He's not very happy with the one he has at the castle. So in order to make the remedy, we have to go to Beatrice's lab. So Amicia and Lucas go on their own little adventure in this chapter, which is kind of cool. I feel like they have a really good dynamic. Hmm. So very excited about this one. Uh, We also discovered that the rats have overtaken Amicia's old home. And they're very strange because they're not touching certain corpses And, like, some of them are literally surrounding corpses and not getting near them. So, we have that. And then on top of it, rat tornadoes. (laughs) I feel like at this point in the game, when I first seen them, I'm like, yeah, of course. Why not? We come to this home. Uh, It is totally not... It's so sad. It's just a former... It's a pale image of what it used to be. And I think the first thing we discover as we walk into our childhood home is our father, Misa's dad, is lying on the ground and he's one of the corpses that the rats won't touch. And that's crazy, because as soon as we come in, that's when the rats consume him. Do they consume him? Mm-hmm. They kind of, like, swarm over mm-hmm. him and turn into a rat tornado. Also, I thought the dad was de- had his head chopped off, so I was very... I didn't yeah. even... I, I didn't, thought so, too. So I didn't even recognize him, because I was like, this is not what happened. I also don't remember him dying right there. I thought it was like in the courtyard. Yeah, it was in the courtyard. And he was yeah. beheaded. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe like sewed him back up and like put him in a different place. 
We'll get to him later. <laughs> he also kind of looked different to me. Like, was he wearing that clothes? Like, everything about him is like, if Amici if hadn't said, oh my god, it's my father, be like, is it though? Is it, it looks like just a guard or something. <laughs> We're here. Okay, so we get to Beatrice's lab, which is filled with mystery, I'll say. Because we have so many questions already, but when you enter, even more questions arise of like, what does this mural mean? What does this symbol mean? And um, it's a lot of fun because you have to basically puzzle your way through the room to help Lucas create the remedy for Hugo. And that's basically what you have to do in the lab. I got to knock on Lucas. This, oh. this, let's start a new chart. Let's start a new chart, please. Whenever you're underneath that symbol, and he's like, don't worry, I'll guide you. He just basically said, hey, it's down there. Don't take a left. Don't take a right. I thought he would at least be like, all right, you're 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 almost there. Hook a left. No, he just said, hey, go down there. You're close. It's like hot and cold, like Marco yeah. Polo up there. I, why didn't you help me more if you're above, especially <laughs> knowing what's below here? Because Amicia even says, like, how are you going to help me? He's like, I can see the light. I'll help you. Don't worry. I'm like, oh, great. Perfect. I don't have to actually, like, think. But no, he doesn't help. He just says, like, you're almost there. Almost where? It splits off. Yeah, it's like, like a maze. Tell me which way to go. So we see a fresco of this naked woman who's pregnant, and she's an mm-hmm. alchemist. See, I thought that was Beatrice me with too. Hugo. Like a prophecy in a way? Like, they always knew this was going to happen, and just doing their best to kind of like keep it off or she was like pregnant and conducting experiments on her baby oh that just gave me a thought okay yeah because yeah. she is like an alchemist and yeah. she's been she has this lab she's been working with you know these potions and stuff what if that's why hugo is the way he is what's happening so once we're done in the lab we get the stuff that Lucas made and it like calms the rats down. Oh yeah, the cure. It's the cure. Mm. He Lucas figured yeah. out the cure. Yeah. And then he's like, "Whoa, I think the rats know that this is the cure because the rats are just like game over, man. Game over. They just do not want to attack anymore." Should we make our final predictions for this game now? Yes. Let's talk about final predictions. Yes, this is our second-to-last episode, so next time we see each other, we will have finished the game, and we'll know how it ends. But final predictions of what you think is going to happen. I feel something evil is going to happen to Hugo. He's going to turn on us. There's going to be some turning point where it's like, we have to kill Hugo because he is, like, gone now. He's just all evil or something. I'm going to at least place a safe bet here and say we're going to get one more weird rat formation. Whether it be like a mecha rat thing or something along those lines. Because if they're doing tornadoes, God only knows what they're about to do in the final few chapters here. I, I'm going to even I'm going to get specific. Okay, you guys are okay. being general. I'm going to be specific <laughs> about this. I think, okay. first of all, we already know that Hugo does not trust Amicia. All right, we know Hugo's losing his cool. He's giving into the dark side. I think Hugo is going to, now that he knows that his mom is being tortured by the Inquisition, he's going to go to the Inquisition, in which case he's going to get captured by the Inquisitor. You know, because he's going to go like, Mommy, I want to save you, Mommy. <laughs> and the Inquisitor's going to be like, Gotcha. 
and then something's gonna happen because now he's got Hugo, and he's gonna make Hugo attack Amicia. Oh, yeah, I'm rolling here. Hey, look, we did it. The elixir. So the whole mystery of what's happening with Hugo was really what was keeping me invested in the whole story. And I'm just really excited that we got some answers now, but we also have more questions. And I can't even tell you how excited I am to see how it ends. So, I mean, I'm going to stick with my four out of five because it's still so good. I've been consistently interested and invested in everything. But I bet you next chapter is going to be a five out of five, I'm sure. Yeah, I am on the same page in the sense where this game's amazing. I mean, you, you start to plateau in abilities and boom, you get a new ability. The game's constantly evolving, but it's the narrative and the characters that are really keeping you gripped. And the environments are beautiful and thoughtfully crafted. The library was gorgeous to walk through. The city had so many little alleyways. This feels like a game with a, with a lot of thought put into it. I'm going to keep my score 4.5 out of 5 because I'm just enjoying this game so much. I'm. It was very hard for me to stop where I did. I wanted to keep playing. <laughs> so I'm going to have to agree. I think we are at the boiling point where we're going to get our big set piece to finish the game. If Of course, there's the questions we need tied up. We only have a few chapters left, and that's going to be a lot of information to cover. I'm going to stick to 4 out of 5 here. Of course, that it's going to be a 5 out of 5 at the end. I just, it's coming. It has to. I feel like this ending is going to, like, blow us, like, away. I just, I feel like our socks are going to get knocked off. I'm really excited to give that five out of five next week. If the Grand Inquisitor is the father, <laughs> turning it off, turning it off, <laughs> turning. I've seen enough. That's all I need to see. <laughs> Thank you guys for watching and listening. We'll be talking about the final chapters of A Plague Tale next week, so be sure to come back for that. And make sure to answer our question of the week. If you were to pick a weapon to survive the apocalypse, what would it be? Probably not a slingshot. But if you want, you can join our Discord to chat with us some more. And don't forget to like and subscribe right here. And we'll see you next week, everyone. Bye.